0: This is a weekly podcast where we discuss issues that affect the African youth, either directly or indirectly. You get to hear interviews with special guests from around Africa. And now, I'm your host, Martin Ballet, and you're listening to the Insightful Talks podcast. In the next series of episodes, we shall talk about the challenges. Many African programmers face in the software development industry. I'm joined today by very knowledgeable individuals that will introduce themselves accordingly. Yeah.
1: So uh, we're talking about the challenges in the, in the programming world that you've encountered since you started out. So you can hear some examples from Lagos or Abuja. What's frustrating in this career of programming?
2: Well, I don't know. I, I think personally, I will say I've been very privileged. So, like my foray into like tech was basically from undergrad. And you know, when you're in school environment and you have lots of people also like doing the same thing that you're trying to do, one one way or the other, problem is that if you can have common problems, you find a way of solving it, right? So if you you're isolated and you have a problem as an isolated individual, it's harder than when like lots of people have the same problem as you, right? So personally, like my real entry into tech was when I gained admission to university in 2011. I also say like my university uh, then had uh, we had free access to the internet. As computer science students, like engineering students in general, I think had free access to the internet. I think now everybody has free access, but then we had free access to the internet. It was really good internet. In fact, <laughs> interesting. Some of us had like staff password, Like so then it was a big deal. Now it's I guess no longer a big deal, but then we used to be really excited about 15 megabytes per second, like staff password, staff password. Internet is a big challenge when you're starting, it, when you're starting up. But personally, I didn't have that problem, so I'll say I was really very privileged in that sense. Uh, to be honest, I think from my from my experience in, in Nigeria and Lagos, the real barrier to entry is just do you have internet and do you have um, a, a computer right uh, there's there's, there's uh, lots of cyber cafes now the cyber cafes in lagos and lots of other parts of nigeria have really contributed to what we now know as the vibrant tech ecosystem we we of like uh, we we underappreciate cyber cafes in nigeria because many of the like tech gurus today in Nigeria and these guys were the guys who were always at cyber cafes then, like decades, 10 years ago. And I would say cyber cafes have really contributed uh, a lot uh, to the ecosystem as well. Are they still existing? But yeah, yeah. Existing so so they, they, they're existing, but I think they're reducing numbers, to be honest. Because I have a smartphone, and I can browse internet using my smartphone. To yeah. the if I have a laptop, I can even share my hotspot and browse on my laptop. I mean, so I think cyber cafes. The fact that internet, is, internet cost is coming down, uh, smartphone penetration is rising. Cyber cafes are still there, but not. I don't have figures, but I feel like maybe not as um, as impactful as they were before. But I I, I do think that they're highly underappreciated, highly highly underappreciated. Even me, I remember my my first. I, I opened my first. email using my auntie's um, computer. And after I created my first email, ever since then, I would always been going to cyber cafe. Because that was like, that was an entry point for me. After I created that email, I just discovered this world of internet and surfing. And ever since then, I, I, I used to go to cyber cafe. Up until I gained admission to the university, where I had my own laptop, cyber cafe were basically my source of uh, access to the internet.
1: And in a workplace with people of different, uh, of different occupations, how, how can they appreciate uh, your, your kind of work uh, when when, they, when they're when they not able to see the results? Since they're not able to look at the code, how can they be able to... I don't know whether... Have you had such challenges of fellow workmates in different professions uh, uh, undervaluing your contribution to a company because, because of, you know, as
2: coding, yeah, it so takes like, them to applicate yeah, yeah. the product out? Yeah, So if you're talking about like coding, specifically, how how do you get people to appreciate your work as a coder? Yeah, exactly. I would say there are different kinds of people. There are people who know coders and think like coders are magicians and actually appreciate what they do. Uh, There are people who don't know what code is about and they don't appreciate what they do. There are people who uh, don't know what code is about but... They're just like indifferent. And it's like okay, we need this thing done. We need this thing done. I think, in terms of like appreciating your work as a coder, it's it's not uh, it's not an hard and fast thing. It's not everybody's not appreciating. I right? say so it depends on the kind of people you're working with. But the point, the, the real point I'm trying, I want to bring out is that software engineering is hard. Actually, mm-hmm. software engineering is hard in the sense that actually getting a project from start to finish. It's not a very easy thing and it goes beyond like just coding. But right? so people people in general, if they have projects, don't necessarily care if you hire an alien to write the code or you get they don't care. You just really want your the their problem to solve. They want their project to be done. That's that's what I've learned. So it's left to you as a coder to be able to manage like uh, like manage the project and actually especially if the person you're working for is not technical clients, you know, and actually communicate what needs to be done and actually do it. Right? So, if you want people to appreciate what you're doing, the bottom line is do what they want you to do. They don't care how you're going to do it, yeah. but do what you, they want you to do. They just want the results. Exactly. They but just the want results take them. time. Yeah, if the results take time to come to your responsibility, communicate to them, you know, it's going to take so soon and so. So, going do this. To, yeah, I think, in general, that.
1: And, and and how easy is it to make
2: timelines for programming work i mean you're how coming yeah you're coming to, to a different like an entirely different space of you know, software engineering uh, management of a software project and
1: things like because that because as a business leader yeah. i'll be i'll be expecting results like if i say mop that flow mm-hmm. and you mop it i just come and see you you can easily tell that i'll do i'll do this in 2 minutes and under who's paying, you can see that you know, yeah, yeah but now for, for programming how yeah. easy is it to yeah, yeah. your, tell your, your leader your your the owner of a business that i'll be able to develop this confidently i'll be able to develop this new thing yeah. in this particular number of days or number how how do you, yeah, how so, do you
2: go? so project estimation is a very, is a very interesting thing there's several ways you can do project estimation yeah you can estimate your project based on say a past projects so for instance, uh, I built something to do something or I built a system that had five components and um, each of those components took a specific time and now I'm building a different uh, system that has components that are similar to those components, right? I can use that as a proxy to, to estimate uh, what, how long this project So experience
1: be. can help. Yes, absolutely. Now without experience it becomes, it becomes almost impossible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Without experience difficult but there are other there are other ways as well so mm. um so there's something called planning poker mm, yes
1: yes well, definitely no, yeah, no yeah, yeah it's, it's a very yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually i think it was trademarked by some company they, they came they came up with that term yeah it's, uh, it's quite good um, yeah so you can use this but this still you people come. usually apply you know, i think they apply uh, experience mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. think planning poker right yeah,
3: they also they have experience. Experience. yeah planning booker is about Being able to estimate, right? <laughs> according to the past, like according to if you've been working on a project for a while, mm. you kind of understand what it takes, how much time it takes to mm. deliver something to yeah. do the future. Yeah. So with time, you get better at it. Mm. You get better at estimating the yeah, estimating tasks. things that you've not yet encountered. Ye- yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You get better at it so, yeah, if you've been doing it for a while. Mm. You know, you've been working on a project for a while. You it comes a bit more estimation. Yeah, you get better at estimating. Uh, that maybe this task was going to take me this time, this task is going to take me this time. Oh. Yeah. So project estimation cannot be told, ideally? Yeah. It's just with experience. It
1: comes, it comes with experience, and time. Yeah.
2: yeah. It comes with experience. Yeah, it comes. But uh, est- so you have to estimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, you you have to plan. There's no there's no one that says like your your plan is going to be exact. Yeah. But the process of planning itself is is valuable in of itself, right? Mm-hmm. And again, there's also the tendency in terms of estimation. There's tendency to underestimate. Mm. So if you say the project is going to take one week, if you think the project to take one week, just tell the client it's going to take maybe two or three weeks (laughs) (laughs) because we have tendencies to to underestimate. Uh, And one of the practices in using planning poker is that uh, well, you could decide that you can take the highest, um, you can take the highest estimate so if you have a team of people who are estimating for a particular use case or particular functionality to be built yeah. and they uh, estimate different times it's usually very good to take the highest because we have a tendency to understand
1: ah, okay so, yeah. okay, that's great um, so, if, uh, so we're going to move on to, to um, another person, Waswa uh, somewhere uh, in Uganda uh, so before we move to, to Waswa, probably uh, Victor could also talk about yourself a little bit because we didn't, we didn't actually get to know who the speaker was, we just started you know, immediately, so you be able to talk about yourself a little bit so that you know, Africans can know exactly uh, who, who, who was providing this uh, this very valuable experience uh, from, from Lagos. Yeah, So you can talk about yourself
2: first. There's, there's no much to say. Yeah. My name is Victor. Victor, master's of information technology student, currently at Carnegie Mellon University. Okay. Uh, my broad interest in technology lies in the areas of machine learning, pure intelligence. Uh, I'm also interested in energy systems as well. In general, that, that's just and I'm very interested in startups and like innovation across the continent. Very Great. interested in that. Great. So we move into on what somewhere,
1: I Brandon. You mm. can introduce yourself and, and talk about the challenges in the program. You shall come in front of us you know, as we continue contributing to the topic. By the way, right now we are, we are at a restaurant in Chigali. Uh, it's right next to it's right next to the, right next to the, to the president's office. And uh, yeah, quite active. activity. There's, there's good activity around here. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's called Fresh Meals. We, we usually come here because it's, it's, it's really. Uh, the, the kind of food they, they provide is, is, is hot, because we all, we all like hot things, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice environment for, for taking food, it's, it's, it's good fresh air, but, yeah, so uh, let's talk about the challenges and um, you can
3: first introduce yourself. Oh, yes, okay. I'm, uh, I'm Samuel Waswa, software developer, student at Carnegie Mellon, uh, with an interest in, no. uh, in machine learning uh recently, Indie Hacking. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term before. Indie Hacking? Yeah. I haven't heard of it. Okay. So, basically, hackers who do stuff solo. Oh. It's, it's short for Independent Hacker. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, in terms of software development, the challenges yeah. are have faced? Eh? In yes. The, in your experience. In my experience, yeah. So, for me,
1: the major one. Regarding to appreciation, pay, and yeah. For me, everything yeah.
3: For me, maybe the major challenge was uh, in terms of payment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with a with a guy who was a bit uh, very passionate about the craft of software. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was really very keen on uh, processes and what and yeah. everything. Yeah. So everything was very organized. Yeah. And uh, we were pulling all the the best software engineering practices, yeah. at least we were trying to. We didn't follow all of them, mm. but at least we tried. Okay. as an effort to, to yeah. try to follow mm. all those. So, so, yeah, the major problem I, uh, that I saw was the terms of payment, yeah. cost of money. If you compare it to the work you were doing, yeah. I probably wasn't. Or you were being under-employed. Under-employed? Under, pay- under yeah, oh. under-employed. <laughs> Uh, yeah so me that was a, a major challenge and appreciation
1: by your Were well, they appreciate
3: no, the, for, for, for me, the work me
1: programmers
3: yeah for me my boss was a programmer himself so ah so, so it was so, it was, it was, so oh, uh, everything so. was was very you know yeah. the boss was a programmer himself actually he even used to help us when oh, you wow, get stuck you ask the guy man yeah things are not work so it was better
1: so it's better to be
3: person who's heading the technical, uh-huh, the technical the team be answered. Uh, to be a technical person uh-huh. so yeah most of the time it's better he, he had his bosses also yeah. who, who he'd answer to yeah but you see he would shield us from the, oh, from the okay. bosses yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, definitely. was like uh-huh. yeah so so yeah. it helped a lot that i was actually lucky to work with a guy who's a programmer himself uh-huh. yeah so. so i never i never really faced those challenges or maybe the guy doesn't understand that this is hard or what because the guy could even come and help you if you're stuck
0: yeah thank you for listening to Insightful Talks with your host Martin Barley if you like what you just heard we hope that you will pass along our social media handles to your friends and relatives and please leave us a positive review on iTunes join us next time another edition oh okay.